0: Hi, I'm Michael Markert with Space Store, and you're watching A Student's Perspective.
1: Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to A Student's Perspective, the weekly series that connects students with designers, manufacturers, educators, industry professionals, and design media celebrities to hear their stories on just how they've gotten to where they are now. Through our conversations, we connect the past, present, and future of design to show just how much we can learn from each other to grow towards our fullest potential without prescribed limitations. Think of a student's perspective as a weekly design lecture series from the student's point of view. A student's perspective is a division of the nonprofit University Hall of Innovation whose goals are to connect students with the design industry through design challenges and mentorship and a collaboration with the Marywood University Interior Architecture Program in Scranton, Pennsylvania. All interviews can be found in their video format at www.astudentsperspective.tv For more information or sponsorship inquiries, please contact Innovation at gmail.com.
2: Hi, everyone. My name is Bianca van Carey. Today I'm here with Michael Markert. Michael, thank you so much for joining us today. Do you want to give us a little bit of background on your education to start?
0: Great. Well, thanks for having me join you, Bianca. It's really a pleasure to be here. Um, So speaking of my education, I am a Marywood University graduate. Um, graduated back in 97. Um, it was the first year that Marywood was an actual university. Prior to that is Marywood College. So graduated from with a BFA in the design program there. And um, so it's really a great pleasure to be here with you today and to catch up with what's new there as well.
2: Yeah, we're so happy to have you. Um, so going into your education, what did you actually study here?
0: Um, I was in the, the BFA program. Um, concentration in design and interiors. Um, yeah, it was a great education and a great foundation. And came out of that program with a fantastic internship at a, a large design firm and architecture firm at the time. Um, got to move around the country with them and got great exposure in all kinds of design projects and architecture projects. Um, and then worked with them for almost 10 years as a designer and became an NCIDQ certified designer. Um, or certificate holder, um, and really enjoyed um, that beginning part of my career. As part of being an interior designer, um, business development and bringing in new clients to work with was a big part, is a big part of the industry, and I really enjoyed that part, um, getting out, meeting clients, talking to them what we can potentially do for them, and um, enjoyed the business development part of it, and at a certain point in my career, Um, I made a change over from working for an architecture firm to working for manufacturers. And uh, now I lead sales teams, Um, I lead a sales team for Space Store and I'm the U.S. uh, North America sales VP and um, still leverage my design background and design understanding to help clients um, make good decisions around their product selections. Um, but for the most part now, I manage a sales team, and um, I get to travel the country and get involved in all kinds of awesome projects, a lot of projects that we see in the news and see in the media around design. Um, so that's a really exciting part of it, even though I'm not um, actually doing design these days. But I still keep the creative juices going with my own artwork and getting involved in um, a lot of different design projects just at a different, at a different uh, role and responsibility now.
2: Yeah, that's so important for us to see as students, because I think that we get so consumed by, oh, we're going to be designers, we have to be designers, but it's like, you don't have to be designers, you can be a part of the design world and appreciate design, but you're always going to be a designer no matter what part of that you're in.
0: You are. We're in such a complex industry, especially as time progresses. Um, There's so many different aspects to our industry that you can find interest in and find expertise in, and it really takes people with a lot of different um, expertise to to contribute to projects and to get a project done in full um, to be really informed and provide the best solutions for our our clients, whether it's sustainability or ergonomics. Um, There's so many ways of being a specialist um, as a designer, but still feeling fulfilled as a creative um and you know my route and working for a manufacturer now is just one of those ways
2: yeah and a lot of us do go into this with you know the the drive to make people's lives better overall and to you know create solutions to problems in everyday life and and being able to have a part of that whole is really incredible yeah
1: so
2: Yes. It's a great feeling. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're very excited about it. Um, so before we get into uh, the depth of your career, we are curious to know about um, the the shift that you had from that larger firm to where you are now.
0: Yeah, um, you know, I enjoyed getting out and meeting with clients. I enjoyed whether it was a design um, progress meeting with clients or um, you know, getting out and trying to get a client to choose that firm at the time um, to be their designer or their architect. I enjoyed that part. I enjoyed the people part of it. Um, And, you know, also like product. You know, we all like product. We we like specifying um, furniture, seating, finishes, uh, solutions that we like. And, um, you know, manufacturers are kind of – Kind of like design firms where there's a lot of different aspects to it like we talked about earlier there's um, people at manufacturers who design product who sell product who develop product um, make product work Um, again whether it's um, you know a technical aspect or sustainability aspect Um, so it takes a lot of different um, talents to build a team at a manufacturer as well. So I find a lot of um, joy and fulfillment in working on the furniture manufacturer side. Um, It allows us to get involved in so many different projects. Um, Although we don't get to sit down and actually design the layout or the design or um, the project, we just get involved at a different different point and in a different way. Uh, So it allows me to see a lot of different things, be involved in a lot of different projects. It still allows me to talk about design and the right fit, solution, Based on what the designer wants to achieve with the overall design, um, so it's just a, a different approach. It's a different, it's a different career track as a designer um, that I find really fulfilling.
2: Yeah, yeah, and the communications part I think is super important because, like, as as we're developing and understanding, we're seeing those strong suits and that it does take a village for one piece even to be created fully, and right. yeah, and we're seeing that in like. <clears throat> studio projects you know they might be our projects but we find the most motivation from each other when we you know bring it to the table and we discuss it and even if we're everybody has different talents like you said so somebody will bring their project to the table and say this is what I have and then somebody else is like oh you could do this and we're like we didn't even know that you could do that so it's amazing that you're working collaboratively like that
0: Right. I um, recently read something, and forgive me, I don't remember who, who wrote it or who came up with this idea, um, but we, we're all familiar with the idea of, you know, many years ago there was the Renaissance man, there was the Leonardo da Vinci who can do so many different things, and we still reference people who have a multi, who are multi-talented like that and really successful at multiple things. But what I had read was this day and age, today, we have um, Renaissance teams, mm-hmm. and takes a team of multiple people with various talents to achieve anything of significance today, because what we design today is so much more complicated than perhaps what was designed um, during more um, experimental and development times.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, we have so many different opportunities now from those creators. We appreciate those Renaissance people, but they walked so that the teams could run so (laughs) Yeah. yeah and so what does that collaborative work kind of look like for you
0: um you know it still fits into the design process that you learn in school and that design firms carry through on um you know we we fit into that process at various points um where they're um developing their project and they look at they're either looking at available options in the market that can support their design intent or they're asking us to design or develop a product custom to, to better support their design intent. And that gets really fun, too. Um, you know, how do you develop something and stay in their budget, um, achieve, their, achieve their needs? Um, and the exciting thing from a designer's perspective, I would think, is sometimes these products become our standard offering. As well. So um, a lot of what we offer were designs that came from projects, uh, came, f- came from clients and their ideas around um, filling gaps in the, in the market of perhaps there's a product that's not out there, but they think this is something that their customer or the industry needs. So we develop custom products and put those out there too to, to support your projects.
2: All right. That's awesome. So you yeah. ta- did mention quite a few things that are exciting and fun. I'm curious to know if you had any like troubles or like hardships throughout this process that kind of got you to where you are now.
0: Um, hardships. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Even it's, a you know? it's a challenging industry. Uh, um, it's a complicated and challenging industry. Um, helping clients understand what they really need and want. Um, deciphering different kinds of design challenges that come from our clients. Um, uh, there's always challenges, um, you know, whether it's a design challenge, a budget challenge, a sustainability challenge, ergonomics challenge, um, the, the, the list goes on, on and on of um, technology and how to integrate technology. There's so many topics. Um, so, there's a lot of challenges, uh, you know, one thing I would say as a designer, it I realized was um, recognizing what I was strong at and perhaps, perhaps maybe what I wasn't as strong at. Um, you know, some designers are great at designing, but maybe they can't follow a program. Um, or maybe they're really good at putting together a program with a customer, um, with a client, and you know, now they have to take that program, develop that program, finalize that program, take it back to their design team and get their design team to design around the, the program. Um, or designing an awesome project and keeping it on budget, or keeping it on schedule, or getting ideas across to the contractor. Um, so I think you know, during that process in the first roughly 10 years of my career as a designer, learning where I was good and where I was at. Um, so when it comes down to like troubles in my career, I, I don't know if I can pinpoint one, but um, a challenge that I think every interior designer has Um, especially in the fledgling years of your career, is you realize that it's not all about um, just designing what you think is awesome, right? Um, You realize that the design process takes a lot of different talents from the various team members. There's good designers, there's good program writers, there's good team managers, there's good communicators, communicators with the contractors, with the clients, and you start to realize, like, what part am I good at, and what part maybe I'm not as great at? Um, or maybe you realize that I'm kind of like, you know, 80% at all of them. I'm balanced, mm-hmm. um, and that's like that's a career challenge. It's kind of like a design challenge. to realize like what track do I want to continue on? For myself, I've realized I like the people part. Um, I managed design teams. I made sure the team with the team and the projects were profitable in terms of how many hours we spent on projects. Um, So I kind of like, although I love designing things and I still do, um, I realized where my strengths lied, right? And um, for me to be most successful and um, I guess fulfilled and knowing that I'm setting myself on a track or an option for my career that is where I was gonna find success, I realized it's in the people it's in the business development, it's in more of the business per- portion of our career, and maybe um, that required me to, like, recognize, like, yeah, maybe, you know, being the d- designer who sits down and comes up with the solutions isn't right, the right fit for me. Maybe, you know, that's not where I'm going to find my most success, and I think I made the right choice. I don't know. Maybe if I chose to focus on a different portion and Maybe I'd be more successful or less successful. I don't know. But you just you have to you have to be confident and you have to see where your strengths lie and you make choices for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, that's you know that's the that's a challenge. Um, but you know I had a principal who said you have to make a choice. Like, do you want to do this or do you want to do that? Um, because it takes a team to do these large corporate projects and you have to know where your strengths are and you have to choose where you're where you're going to fit in. So. I would say that was a, a challenge.
2: Yeah, I mean, it seems like you're pretty happy with where you are now, and I feel like Hi. that's success in Hi. itself. So. <laughs> um, yeah, so you did touch a little bit, too, on the client relationship that you have, of trying to figure out what, what they want and what they actually need. How do you come up with that? Conclusion? <laughs>
0: um, you know, and you know, that's, that's why they, um, that's why they hire you. You know, you, um you listen to what their ideas are and what they want and what they need. And then you help them understand, helping them, you don't just give them that. You help them understand what they, um, what's realistic and what might be the best solution for them. Um, so, you know, I believe they don't just hire you to um, answer them and give you, a, give them a solution, but they're actually hiring you to, to start with their their own process helping them understand what they really want and really need um, and you know how do you how do you frame that for them how do you put that into design language and solutions um, so it's not just a, a response and appeasing a client but it's really helping them understand what they really want and what they need too so um, i believe the designer's job actually starts earlier than we realize um, so
2: Yeah, I mean, I definitely I think I can see it already happening in our careers. So I think it's like stepping back and kind of piecing it together, but it it's definitely making quite a bit of sense now. Um, So um, we talked about kind of the movement a little bit from um, the design aspect to the manufacturing aspect are you hands-on with the are you more of like communications in the manufacturing or is it more like you are experiencing fully the manufacturing like hands-on of an experience
0: um, i would say it's more of a hands-on of an experience so typically what i'm doing is i'm involved in the sales process okay um and by sales process i mean being involved with various design firms being involved with um, facility manager, facility management departments and real estate departments at end users, at corporations, and um, higher ed, and healthcare um, and listening to what they're trying to achieve and then through our products, which um, in this case is furniture and space dividers, um, booths and pods and lockers, um, through our product offering, uh, help them achieve their design help them achieve a design package that supports their business objectives. Um, there's a lot of manufacturers that they can choose from. Uh, sometimes it's helping them understand what's the best fit, um, what's the best solution for them. Um, and a lot goes into it. Is it you know, solution based on design? Is it lead times and how long it takes something to produce? Um, how long it takes something to ship, uh, to ship across the country? Um, what it's made of, what materials it's made of, what materials it's not made of. Um, So, you know, we sum it up as it's a sales process, but we're um, helping the designers, the facility managers, the realtors to make selections that best support their business objectives.
2: Gotcha, okay. That definitely makes quite a bit of sense too. And it's almost like you have these these puzzle pieces and it's like, how do we put these, these designs together to create this space that you really desire? Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Um, that's exciting, too. It's, fun. Um, so, it's something yeah.
0: different. Some days exactly. you talk about design, some days you talk about business, some days you talk about sales and numbers and prices, contracts. So um, for the creative person who doesn't want to do the same thing every day and touch on a lot of different aspects, um, it, it could be really interesting to have um, different responsibilities every day
2: yeah that's exciting for me personally as well because i'm not very good at like staying in one space for too long i think i'm guilty of being all over the place and sometimes i think that you can use that to your benefit in situations like these yeah it's good to know yeah that there's opportunities out there that you know you can take advantage of that and run with it yeah um so talking a little bit about um the pieces from space store so there's a few um, things about descriptions of California cool and then the London yeah. design look. Okay. Right.
0: Does that
2: look? Yeah.
0: sure. <laughs> your attention, doesn't it? Um, it's it's yeah. a really awesome story. Space Store is um, a company that's over 30 years old based out of the UK, right? Um, near London um, is where our headquarters is, Himmel Hempstead. And um, we got our, our start in filing and storage, right? Um, and then found success in that, and about 10 years ago, uh, made an entrance into the United States. And that's where the California Cool comes in. So although we have this London design heritage um, that I explained, um, the California Cool comes into place because um, starting to do business in the US 10 years ago, we were working with some of the coolest West Coast tech companies. And through working with those companies, we developed really meaningful product Um, useful product, cool product that um, the companies that have really led our economy in the past year helped us um, develop and um, have been using to support their businesses. Um, And that's really had a huge impact on the products we develop, the products that we sell. and that's the culmination of our heritage and what we've been doing in the U.S. for the past 10 years. And it's you know really awesome to be part of um, you know, a Fortune 500 company's business plan by providing design and solutions to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a really exciting time. So we, we create um, pods and booths which provide privacy space for individuals and teams. Um, when you're in the the open environment or you're returning work, returning to work after the pandemic and you need a place where you can go for privacy. Um, so that's what we're talking about with our pods and our booths. Um, we also provide space dividers. You probably see a lot of that behind me. Um so we have various solutions there for cool ways of breaking up space without simply building a wall that is just an you know an opaque wall that um, is part of the built environment and is not not flexible, Um, so we are involved there as well in the locker conversation. So being able to – well, I'll start with saying, you know, years ago, lockers were just something that we put in the back hallway and, you know, plain white, laminate lockers. And now, especially with the return to work or return to office conversation, um, where, you know, not every member of the team has a dedicated workspace. or perhaps with technology they need to charge their headset or keyboard their keyboard at night um, the lockers are now part of the front lobby part of the overall coolest parts of the design um, the biggest part of the, the budget for our clients you know right in the front right in the lobby right at the front of the space um, is where we find lockers today they're no longer in the back hallway and they have to look cool they have to be part of the, the design intent. Um, and they are made of all different materials um, and they have to support how people work um, so you know that's a really actual fun conversation uh, to be part of now and you know not just the locker itself but the locks and um, can you remotely open your lock from home because an Amazon package came for you well well you weren't at the office so what are they going to do with it um, so it's actually a, a fun, a fun little um, design uh, challenge that is is part of every company's, you know, design process now.
2: Mm-hmm. That's interesting too because when you think of lockers, you think of the old style lockers. You don't think right. of this like insanely unique, almost experience of a piece. That's okay. really interesting.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, so speaking of specific pieces, do you have a favorite? Is Are the lockers your favorite piece from Space Door?
0: The lockers are fun, um, but I will share we have a brand new line called Arcadia um, okay. that we just launched at Neocon in June um, that we're really excited about. It's a space dividing tool or product that um, is based on Roman architecture. So you, you see these influences of arches and pantheons and um, cloisters. Um, in the very simple design, but it's actually five pieces of roughly 80-inch tall product that you can piece together and create all kinds of forms with. Um, you can create a Pantheon form. You can create, um, you know, running, running curves that just serve as dividers in a larger volume. And they're so extremely reconfigurable that you do it with one um, patented wrench that we created so a facilities team could take them down, reconfigure them for function, Um, in a very short period of time. So um, that's what I'm excited about right now. Um, There's acoustical value to it. Um, It's like nothing else on the market right now. Um, And it will be available right after the new year. We have um, several clients who are looking to put it in their already very cool spaces, but this is going to be um, a game changer in the interior design world. Uh, So it's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome new... Uh, development here, and it's called Arcadia.
2: That's so exciting. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned a little bit, so we, I don't know why, but it, the word acoustics stuck out to me quite a bit, because I, I guess because we've been kind of trying to play with the acoustics of the space recently, but how do you guys accomplish that through like individual pieces?
1: Yeah,
0: well, you know, I guess it It starts with, um, you know, what the product is made of and, you um, you know, it gets complicated quickly in terms of gaskets and ratings, and um, so some of our booths are enclosures with glass doors, Um, and, um, you know, this latest line is very much of acoustics are affected by the height, by the forms, by um, the materials, um, our sounds um, being absorbed and um, quieted by being absorbed, or are they uh, reverberating? and being redirected. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a lot that goes into it, but the boots and the pods achieve that, and then the materials help with the acoustics too. Um, and then there's a whole rating system of how much acoustical value a product has. Um, we have clients who send in their own specialists to test the products to make sure they're achieving a certain level. Um, so, you know, it's just one more aspect of interior design that um, you can find interest in and specialize in. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I think the booths and the pods I really appreciate too, because just trying to put myself into that space, I feel like there's, you know, times when you want to have a shared environment or like a a semi-exclusive environment. And then there's times where, you know, you need to kind of close out everything. And having that there is like the perfect opportunity because you can sit down for an hour, get a little bit of work done, and then continue on with your day. And I feel like that's the most convenient and like capsulized way to do it, I feel like.
0: Yeah, that's well put. And I, you know, your, your understanding of it is, is very developed and at the point of, you know, what our, what our clients are talking about.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I feel like that, like, there's so many spaces that we don't realize need that. And then you put that there and you're like, that's exactly what it needed. I had no idea.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you're right.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, So you guys also talk a lot about cohesiveness and engaging workspaces. I know the pods are some of that, but how do you accomplish that in the designs as well?
0: Yeah, so the big thing in especially corporate office design now is how do you attract your team members back into the office? Um, you know, as part of you know being successful at work, it takes heads down time, it takes personal time and it also takes team time and collaboration. Um, it also takes um, chance interaction too. So it's not necessarily a scheduled meeting, but when you run into someone in the hallway and you say, oh, well, how about Project X and what are your thoughts on that? So there's, you know, at least three different, you know, uh, instances of what a team member needs in order to be successful in their job responsibilities. Um, So you know, everyone's different, everyone has different needs, and some people can do 100% of their job at home, or sometimes they feel like they can do 100% of their job at home. But how do you identify? and uh, make it worthwhile for those team members to come into the office, um, other than policy, right? Um, you know, when worse comes to worse, I think some companies think they have to do it through policy, and maybe that's the only the only way in some cases, depending on their culture. Um, but, you know, a healthier culture is going to be, how do we create a work environment where um, everyone wants to come in? Um, they either have a need, or they enjoy it, or they enjoy the people part of it, or they know that after spending so much heads down time, they need to come in and now collaborate and share and develop their ideas even further. Um, so um, that's the engaging. That's the part of, that we refer to as like engaging work environments is, um, you know, the work environment, it's not just an aesthetically designed space, but it's a functional space that has to support business objectives. Um, so you do that in a whole host of different ways that we've talked about. So um, helping designers create those engaging spaces um, is what supports the business objective of our clients and helps get them to get their teams back in the office um, as much as possible so that the teams are collaborating and producing and um, getting the job done and are happy about it and help support culture um, and making it a you know, really positive environment.
2: Yeah. that's feel like it's so important for us to keep that as you know our key term in everything. It's like a positive environment, having a happy lifestyle, having fun in whatever spaces right. and whatever way that may be. So having that as our driver and that intent is I feel like such an important part in our design process. Whether that's from the marketing side, from the from the design side, from the manufacturing side, all of it. The whole
0: Yeah. Yep. Agree. Yeah, no matter what side. So that's, you know, that just supports the idea of you need everyone to come in and, you know, be working together and working towards that objective. And,
1: right.
0: You know, we can't, because everything we do is so complicated and so inter- interconnected, um, you know, working at home isn't, isn't going to get the job done. And technology only supports us to a certain extent. So, right. Yeah.
2: yeah, it's definitely on us quite a bit. So um so in terms of actually creating these spaces do you see like images and then create the space from like the images that they send you or do you actually get the opportunity to go to these spaces and see them
0: we do both okay Uh, every designer works differently every architect works differently um there's so many people involved in, in the process you know there's in addition to the designer and or architect there's Um, furniture dealers, there's acousticians, there's um, facility managers, um, real estate advisors. Then, you know, you end up engaging um, code officials in the townships or cities where the project is. Um, A lot of people have influence, so a lot of times you are meeting out at the site and developing ideas together or resolving issues together, um, solving problems together. Uh, Sometimes it's a simple drawing that is sent to us. And they say, you know, how can you help us achieve this through your offering? Um, Mm -hmm. So it's different. Um, The creative process truly is that reality. It's creative and it's different every time. And every person involved has a different way of wanting to solve something. Um, Sometimes it's really straightforward, um, but then sometimes it's, it's really fun and intriguing and
2: yeah, it seems like you're you get more excited about the challenge. Like when the, when a product is a little bit more challenging, you're like, oh, well, this is fun. Now, how do we figure
0: yeah. this? out? <laughs> this is a new curveball. Let's let's see how we could prove ourselves here and come yeah, up with something right? really awesome. Yeah.
2: <laughs> That's great. Um, how far have these like travels actually brought you? Because I think as students, we we look towards travel often as like an opportunity to learn and to absorb from them.
1: Right.
0: Um, you know, there's, there's so many examples. I remember being right out of school, working for that large firm that I mentioned earlier and um, having the opportunity to relocate with them to Texas. Mm-hmm. And I was working with a, a great firm in that area who had offices all over the country. And I remember being out at a project meeting by myself with their head of facilities, talking about a project in Dallas, Texas. And he said, we wanna engage you in another project up in Chicago. And I thought, wow, you know, as a, a young person, I was so excited. Yeah, maybe I can get to go and design a project in Chicago. And um, I told them, you know, I have to get up there and I have to survey the space and I have to understand and I have to talk to the, the local folks and um, see what their needs are and um, work on the project. Um, so, like, there's examples like that as a designer. Um, and then there's more recent examples. Um as the head of sales for North America, um, I get to travel all over the country, um, and our headquarters is in in the UK. So, um, you know, a lot of times designers or clients need to travel to see our showrooms, um, or they want to have an in-person meeting with before um, signing a contract and making a, you know, making a decision on on a furniture package. So. Um, there's a lot of different reasons for having to travel. Um, you know, when I was younger, I wanted, <clears throat> I wanted to travel a ton. Um, I wanted to get out and explore, and uh, I had a lot of opportunities around me to get out and explore and to see what's what's out there. Um, and that's been that's been phenomenal. Um, and to this day, today I'm in our New York showroom, even though I live in Philadelphia. Um, wow. <laughs> so. so um, yeah, there's a lot of fun opportunities in our industry to, to get out and travel and see other ways of doing things. And you know, culturally, I find that designers have a cultural interest in a lot of different things as well. So um, it creates opportunity for you to get out and see different cities and different cultures and experience and, and continually learn. So um, yeah.
2: Yeah. We're constantly, I think, looking for, a lot of us are looking for opportunities You know, where where can I go from here so that I can see the city or I can see, you know, other areas that aren't so fast paced. And then, you know, like, how can I create things so that they're either versatile in both of those spaces or specifically modified for those spaces?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So that's really exciting that that opportunity is always out there. Um, So I remember before we had a little bit of a conversation about um, an opportunity for students to. um, I I believe it's a competition.
0: So the opportunity for students is um, my being part of CoLab. CoLab is an arm of the Philadelphia Museum of Art that focuses on contemporary design and. as part of our mission and our our interests there, we offer a student design competition every year um, where we pose a design competition or a design problem to students globally. Um, and we engage with students to come up with um, solutions and then there's a, a judging of the solutions and an award ceremony and we typically have. Um, lead designers from many places uh, globally to be our judges and uh, give really good uh, critical feedback uh, to the students and um, it's just a, a fantastic opportunity for students to see what other students are thinking about what they're doing how they're working and to be a part of a, a global competition um, but it's part of the philadelphia museum of art collab um, and it occurs every fall so we actually um, just received submissions from students and um, this year i was asked to be one of the judges so i'm actually in the midst of going through um, with the other judges all the entries and um, providing our feedback and then um, in a week a week from today actually um, we'll be meeting with all the students virtually and having a a ceremony and providing feedback and um, yeah, I think it's a an awesome opportunity for students, and we, we do it every year.
2: That's so awesome. So, what is your what is your part in CoLab beyond the beyond being one of the judges?
0: Um, so, CoLab has a small board, um, and I'm one of those board members uh, for two years now, and um, we offer programming of um, you know various outings um, on different design topics. Um, We also have the Design Excellence Award every year, where we recognize a global leader in design. um, And that person or team typically comes in for a ceremony, um, a talk, a dinner um, that is uh, usually, or always um, really exciting to be part of for a day or two while they're here. And they they provide a uh, exhibit, in the contemporary gallery in the museum that's usually on display for a month or two. Um, So it's an exciting way to be part of a staple in the Philadelphia market, the Philadelphia Museum of Art. And um, yeah, CoLab is doing some cool stuff on the contemporary design front. Um, And this is just one way for students to get engaged at a a higher level.
2: Yeah, and I think that that transition is really big for us, too, because being anything, being a part of the Philadelphia Art Museum is pretty wonderful, whether it's a branch off from that or a part of it. Actually, it's I feel like so I grew up in the Philly area. So, yeah, so the art museum was always a spot. It was like a like a touchstone for us. So I think a designer and have an opportunity to have any kind of part in that is so exciting as students. And it's also important for us to see that you have found like these opportunities outside of your career that you know like it's still it's still a part of your career and it's a part of who you are but having these different opportunities to to give back to the community give back to students and just to have like a part of this giant design whole is so wonderful
0: yeah yeah
2: yeah so um if you could go back in time yeah and you could give your student self a little bit of advice. What do you think that advice would be?
0: That, that's a fantastic question. Um, and I have an answer that I think would have benefited me um, tremendously earlier on in my career. Um, I would tell myself to not be afraid to get to know people and to build relationships. Um, relationships are so absolutely important. In anything we do, not just in the design profession, but um, you know, I, I feel like a student's perspective and what you're doing with the student's perspective is so awesome. And you're having conversations with industry experienced people, and you're gaining so much from that knowledge and experience and exposure and opportunity. And um, I think you know, as a younger professional, it was easy for me to be bashful or shy to think someone doesn't want to talk to me because I'm just the the young professional and they're experienced, they're successful. And it's not true. You know, they actually want opinions and insight from the younger professionals, the emerging professionals. Um, So it's so important to to build relationships, get to know people and maintain those relationships, whether it's the the sisters at Marywood or the professors or the people you interview, um, the other students, people you meet in the industry, um, build relationships with all of them. Make sure they know you. Uh, Make sure they um, aren't going to forget you, and make sure you stay in contact with them and follow up and send them thank yous and send them um, ideas and build relationships. It's so important. And um, if I can go back and maintain some relationships with some people that I I met earlier on... um, it's only to it's to everyone's benefit and it's so important. Everything that we do is built on relationships. Mm-hmm. It's a, a critical a critical component to one's success.
2: I think we yeah, that's so that's such a good piece of advice because I'm I'm seeing that now and I'm seeing like the nervousness of like I'm just, I'm a student, they're not gonna want to talk to me. Okay. <laughs> but then I come back to like like we had the opportunity to go to High Point Market Fall. Um, right. We just got back from that and it was a wonderful experience. And I, you know, made connections again with previous interviews that I had done before. And not only did they remember me, but they remembered our conversation. And I was like, this is amazing because you might not exactly know my name, but you know my face and you know that we had a great talk. So just making those connections Mm -hmm. is so great. And, you know, it only takes a second to say hi to somebody and to thank them. And it it takes a second to send, uh, you know, like a thank you email of like, it was great to meet you, thank you so much. So just having that yeah. I think is wonderful and it's like you you do have to step out of your comfort zone a lot in this career.
0: It's- Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so build relationships, it'll go a long way.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for that piece of advice.
0: <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> um, problem, this has been a pleasure.
2: Thank you everyone so much for joining today and thank you, Michael, for this conversation. It was absolutely wonderful. Pleasure. Everyone, if you enjoyed this conversation, give us a like, comment, or a follow, and join us next week as the conversation continues from a student's perspective. Okay.
1: We hope you liked this discussion with the design industry from a student's perspective. Please like, share, and comment, and stay tuned for more inspiring conversations to come.